And our reading today is taken from John 20, and it's verses 1 to 18. And it says, Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. So she ran and went to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one whom Jesus loved, and said to them, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have laid him. Then Peter and the other disciples set set out and went towards the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent down to look in and saw the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter came following him and went into the tomb. He saw the linen wrappings lying there and the cloth that had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. Then the other disciple who reached the tomb first also went in, and he saw and believed. For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise from the dead. Then the disciples returned to their homes. But Mary stood weeping outside the tomb. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white, sitting where the body of Jesus had been lying, one at the head and one other at the feet. They said to her, woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. When she had said this, she was turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to her, woman, why are you weeping? For whom are you looking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, sir, if you have carried him away, Tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabunai, which means teacher. Jesus said to her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father, but go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to the Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them the things that he had said to her. Excellent. Thanks, Sarah. Afternoon, everybody. Afternoon. Really lovely to see you here this afternoon. My name's James. I'm uh, the vicar here. So just uh, really uh, great to, to welcome you all this afternoon on Easter Sunday. So nice to hear everyone in a uh, good voice as well. So uh, I've got a little question for you. It's rhetorical. You don't have to answer unless you feel so moved to. Um, but um, one of the privileges I have in my little job is that um, I've now have responsibility for five churches. Yeah, yeah. Look at that. I don't get paid anymore. I just get more stressed. But anyway, five churches. And what's really interesting is to see what time people arrive for church. Now that it might sound a bit boring to you, but that's how sad my life is. So, um, so it's quite interesting. So some churches are very prompt. When the service starts at 10, they ring a bell. They literally ring a bell, and I have to kind of go into action. Um, uh, some churches are quite kind of relaxed when they start. Uh, but what sort of person are you when it comes to timing? So, so do you, you know, we've got a church here. We start at 4, or take any other kind of meeting, or you're meeting friends at the pub, or you've got a little family event. You've got to be there at, I don't know, 4 o'clock. What time are you going to get there? What time are you going to get there? Are you somebody who likes to get there at half past three so you can get a seat, you can work out what's what and where you're going to go, not mentioning any names in particular? <clears throat> uh, or are you someone who kind of thinks it starts at four so I leave at four? 
Claire saw. I mean, um, whoever, someone in my church, my team. So, um, okay, okay, you know, so start, so you leave at four because that's the leaving time, isn't it? So, so have a little chat to your person next to you. So do you like to be there early, dead on, or you just ain't bothered, really? You've got an important life to lead. And I'll turn up, I'm like Gandalf, I'll turn up. Chat to your person, just one, 30 seconds, 30 seconds, just to have a little chat. There you go. That will do. That will do. If you're in a, if you've got a partner, you're with somebody, then uh, don't have an argument. But that's another interesting thing, isn't it? What time you want to leave somewhere to get there, and uh, all that kind of stuff. Well, um, well, that kind of sense of timing of what time you've got to arrive at is is particularly important, particularly if you're a church leader. And you, do you know the parable of the Good Samaritan? You, you know all that one, you know. And so when uh, when you're you you would kind of resonate with this, I'm sure. When you're going to a church service, that's the kind of thing. You got your collar on and you're looking the part and um and then you then somebody phones you and you think that's going to be a long conversation or you have it yourselves don't you you're rushing out and that person phones you and you just think if you're under 30 it doesn't apply to you because nobody phones under 30 I know that I know that okay if you're 40 or something like that you know we used to make phone calls you know Nathan and things like that. so so you're at that age and and someone phones it and you know it's going to be a long conversation what do you do do you, A, answer it and say, I'm really sorry, I can't talk now, I'm, I've got to, I, I'm rushing to church or whatever it is you're going, and put it down. Do you just switch it off and ignore it, just like you normally do? Um, um, or do you think, actually, this person needs all my attention right now, don't you? So I'm going to answer it and I'll be late. It's an interesting question, don't have to discuss it, but some of you, I know what you do. And uh, um, I, I ring Sarah just for a laugh, just before she's leaving church to see, uh, uh, no, I do, uh, uh, so what her response is. So but I want you to kind of imagine you're back in the day with Jesus and Mary, okay? So you're back in that lovely reading that Sarah gave us, and Jesus is on his way to a meeting, okay? And it's a really important meeting. He's on his way back to God the Father after being resurrected from the dead. Now, back in those days, they used to see the world as divided into three parts, okay? So I'm not suggesting it's like this. This is kind of how they used to see it, okay? So you'd have like the realm of the dead, which would be full of dead people you see that yeah uh, the realm of the dead that's where kind of all the, the dead people were hanging out and waiting for judgment and then you have earth which most of us look like we're on um, uh, we have earth those who are alive and then you've got heaven that's kind of in the sky okay so that's how they used to think briefly that the kind of world was created we don't think like that anymore but that's kind of how they did it and so if you go when later on this evening when you go home and you pop into your eastern orthodox church because i know you will because the service is still going on it just keeps going in the eastern orthodox church you're notice the icons there that's like the pretty pictures not that we've got one now but we used to have one there but the pretty pictures you'll notice when they show Jesus resurrection he's coming up from the bottom of the earth and he's holding hands he's very friendly he's been DBS checked everything he's holding hands and he's bringing the whole of the earth with him he's bringing the whole of the earth with him if you look at ours, which will be redone in a few months, it's just Jesus floating on all by himself in his glorious resurrection. But the Eastern Orthodox Church think when Jesus is resurrected from the dead, we are all being resurrected. We're all involved in this, whether we like it or not. He's taken us all up into heaven. So in this story, going back to this story, Jesus stops off and speaks to Mary. And he says this to Mary, and this is really interesting. He said, Mary, I'm on my way back to the Father to my father and your father, my God and your God. I'm on my way back. 
So in their Bible world, what they're thinking is this, is that Jesus, as it were, so just go with it if you're not used to church stuff. Go with it, because you might as well. you only got a few minutes left. You go, go, and Jesus is kind of traveling through earth, as it were, and he still hasn't gone back to his important meeting, which is with God the Father. That's like meeting your boss's boss. That's like, that's really important meeting. That not, I don't even care Saul would be late. You know, it's really important meeting. But Jesus is on his way back to God the Father, the most important moment in his life when he's back with his father and they're celebrating the resurrection, all that he's accomplished and they plan to pour out the Holy Spirit, do amazing, wonderful things. And yet he stops because he sees a woman on her own weeping at the tomb. Isn't that beautiful? Jesus has got that phone call and he's late for his important meeting because he sees one woman standing at the tomb in tears and in pain and in grief, in agony. And that tells us something about the compassion of Jesus, which is so beautiful and so wonderful. Jesus could have appeared to anyone. If I was him, I would have appeared to Pontius Pilate just for a laugh, just to say, look, here I am. You didn't get me in the end, you know, and just freak him out, you know. Or Herod, wouldn't you? It'd be a right laugh. Or the soldiers, you know. Would have, you could have had, he could have had so much fun just freaking everybody out. But actually, he didn't use his power in those ways. He didn't use his power to kind of dominate and to coerce and to kind of show who's really, really boss and, you know, and, and kind of put other people in their place. He uses his power in a way of love. He doesn't use his power. He's driven by love and compassion. And as he's going, as it were, through the earth, as they understood it in those days, he sees a woman at the grave that he knew and loved dearly, and she's upset and she's lost, and he stops and he talks to her. And that is the Jesus that we serve and worship. Not a Jesus that shows off his power and might is right and, you know, look how cool am I. Look what I can do now, everybody. But we serve a Jesus who sees a woman who is crying at the tomb and he stops for that one person. It is a beautiful story. But the beauty does not end there. You know, um, um, Peter and Peter and John were with her. Did you notice that in, in the reading? If you notice in the reading, they're running. So Peter starts to run and it's like park run at Bridie Hill. If you know, Peter starts to run and then he gets a, I think he was a bit, I wasn't fit really. He kind of, he gets out of breath and John the youngster zooms up and overtakes him and they are running and then they run home and they run it. There's loads and loads of running happening with Peter and John. So Peter, when he sees kind of evidence of the resurrection, he goes into organizational mode, okay? So he goes straight back to the disciples, right, something's happened, let's sort it out. Do you know, do you know those sorts of people? Or are you one of those sorts of people? Let, let's do something, let's sort it out, let's make it, let's get the Excel spreadsheets out, let's start to make a plan and get everything organized organized. So he's kind of like an archdeacon in the Church of England. He wants to get things done and lined up. But John, on the other hand, he's like someone who's training to be a vicar, okay? Because John goes in and he just believes. He just knows. He's keen. He doesn't have any responsibilities. So he just goes in and he believes and he just kind of waddles off home, happy with himself that he believes. But both of them miss the encounter with Jesus, you know? Peter's too busy being important. He's leading. He's got to organize things. John's too busy just floating around believing and thinking, oh, aren't I clever? I believe the stuff. I just have to look and believe where Peter's a bit, mm, you know. Uh, but Mary, it says this, Peter's running, John is running. Peter is running, John is running. And then it says, but Mary stood by the tomb weeping. 
She stood, and she stood, and she stayed, and waited for the encounter with Jesus. If the resurrection is about anything, actually, it's not really about believing the right things or the right set of doctrines and, you know, organizing stuff and all those things that have a moment and part to play, kind of. It's really about waiting and staying by the tomb like Mary and having that encounter with Jesus. She had that mysterious beautiful encounter with Christ in that moment that that even though we can read about it for her it would have been transformatory it would have just changed everything in her life that she had that encounter and that same risen Jesus that same sense of encounter is available to us but not if we're running around like headless chickens not if we're trying to organize everything not if we just think it's about believing the right stuff and saying the creed and crossing ourselves but actually it's about standing still like Mary did and finding as we are still we encounter the risen Christ it's that stillness becoming available and the way to get still is just to breathe and sit down and as you breathe in you just breathe in God's love and you breathe out his love and you'll begin through that to have that encounter with Christ but it doesn't end there you'll be pleased to know and uh, but I will end but her story doesn't end uh, but it doesn't end there Jesus does this really cool thing so you know um, Pete you got Peter and John you know Paul you've heard you come across Paul he wrote most of the New Testament so so if you go to most churches and probably every church, the key players are, obviously, start of Christianity is Jesus. Hopefully you've come across him, Jesus. And then you've got uh, Peter, who's like, they think was kind of like the first pope, was the, you know, the main man. And then you've got Paul, who did all the writing and all that kind of stuff. And John sort of wrote some nice letters as well. But these are the main, these are considered like, not the founders of Christianity, but kind of the, the key players, do you know what I mean? The co-founders or however you want to see it. And, 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 and that's why um, in most, ch- in some churches throughout history, still today, you know, leaders ship is male because Jesus entrusted it uh, to them but here's the thing here's the thing they didn't know anything about the resurrection who did Jesus entrust the message of the resurrection to Mary Madeline and in fact if you read the Greek New Testament which I know you will on the way after you've been to the Orthodox Church you'll get home and read your Greek New Testament is this is that you'll find that what he says to her is this that he he made her the apostle to the apostles, the sent one to the sent one, okay? So he gave her the gift of telling the disciples what really happened. She's the one, the reason we're here. It isn't Peter and Paul, it's Mary Madeline being entrusted with that wonderful truth encounter with the resurrection of Christ we're here because our religion was actually really influenced and founded by a woman so you're probably saying to me well why don't we hear anything more about her in church history who do you think wrote the books in church history men okay it's not complicated it's blokes and so we write the women out and we preferred the Mary the Virgin Mary all sweet and mild rather than a Mary Madeline who's challenging us to kind of live fully for Christ anyway that's a whole other sermon for another Next week we could do that maybe, I don't know. But anyway, that's the, that's the point. So what he does with Mary is so wonderful. He stops and he sees her and he's on his way back to his father and he shows her compassion and wants to, to spend time with her. He doesn't dismiss her tears. He doesn't say, pull yourself together. He doesn't think, oh, she's just, oh, she's just so emotional, isn't she? He doesn't, none of that patriarchal masculine nonsense he hears what she's saying he comes alongside her and then he entrusts her with the encounter of Christ and then she then is the apostle to the apostles and the rest is history but it begins with her and it's a really beautiful wonderful story so as we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus we're identifying with his resurrection but we're identifying with a Jesus who is very cheeky 
and still is, who's full of compassion, who stops for the one and entrusts his message to people in those days who weren't even considered to have any reliability in any court whatsoever. That was women in those days. But now Jesus comes in and changes the order of things. It is the most beautiful, wonderful story. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we love you so much and we love this story and the glimpses we get of you just stopping for the one. Not showing off in your power, but coming alongside to comfort and walk with people. Thank you for Mary Madeline. We thank you for all that we learn from her. Thank you that she stood and had that encounter while Peter and John were too busy running. And I pray, Lord, for all of us that there be moments, even as we share communion now, where we will just stop and experience your love. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that we would live in the way of Christ, honoring and caring for those who others don't give voice to. Be with us, we pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.